Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Hey, a stacked and packed show today. Welcome in, everybody. Patrick Johnson Show. We got Pirate Basketball tonight. ECU at UCF. And uh, J.J. Miles made the trip. He's expected to play tonight. Coach Joe Dooley did not make the trip. And we're going to... Link up with Coach here on a game day in just a few moments. He'll join us live here on the Patrick Johnson Show. We have a chance of snow. What? Uh, yeah, chance of snow, mainly before uh, the sun comes up tomorrow. Uh, David Sawyer, Channel 9 meteorologist, scheduled to join us. We're going to talk to him, get an idea of what's... Uh, going on how much snow to expect in this area and uh so i see more a little later on but first we go to the phone lines very rare that you get a chance to talk talk to the head coach on a game day uh wish we were not having to do that wish the coach was down in orlando but joe dooley joining us uh here on the patrick johnson show uh coach thanks for taking a few minutes uh with us here uh and uh like i said i wish you were in orlando uh didn't make the trip uh How's how's everything going? Are you uh, health wise in, in okay shape? I've been, I've been fortunate, very fortunate. I've been good, uh, no problems, and uh, very fortunate so far. So is this just a protocol thing? Where where are you? I don't want to don't want to have you give your medical uh, uh, history well, or update. You know, they, there's a ten day uh, period afterwards, and I'm hoping to you know everything stays the way it stayed. Hopefully, be back tomorrow or you know back at the office tomorrow and. Uh, back at practice for the first time in a while, sometime tomorrow afternoon, hopefully. Got you. So this is just a timing thing, really, uh, today more yeah. than anything. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay, well, that no, that's good to hear. Uh, big game for ECU tonight against uh, UCF. Uh, as you mentioned, you've been at home working, I, I'm sure, looking at lots of film and uh, just uh, doing a lot of things to try to get uh, things turned around for the Pirates here. Uh, what were some of the things that you really, really felt like need to happen, you know, from – Monday on to, to this trip uh, to Orlando tonight. In other words, what have you guys worked on? Well, I think, you know, we were able to practice Monday and Tuesday. We had almost, you know, all the guys that are cleared to play. And uh, I, I do think we need a lot of practice. And I think we need some games. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we came out of a five-day pause and uh, didn't have some guys. And, you know, and we hadn't played a game in a while. So I think it, it there's a number of things that factor in there that, uh, I think one side you can you know rationalize you, you expect some of these things. And I had watched other teams coming out of pauses and uh, had some concerns, and then you know some of those uh, concerns are obviously uh, hit us on, on on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, uh, Joe Dooley joining us uh, live here, uh, top of the hour. Coach did not make the trip to Orlando; expected to be back tomorrow, uh, and uh, we certainly hope he is expected to be back at practice tomorrow, which will be uh, big. Uh, so we really appreciate Coach joining us here for a couple minutes here at the uh, top of the hour to start the show off. Uh, ECU and UCF, by the way, tonight at 745. Uh, you can listen to it here on 94.3 The Game, also 107.9 WNCT. 
Uh, also available, I believe, on uh, ESPN Plus tonight uh, if you want to watch uh, the broadcast. Uh, but you can check it out here on the radio if uh, if you're not able to. All right, uh, Coach, we understand J.J. Miles will be back from a scoring perspective. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, you, you addressed the Coleman uh, situation on Monday with uh, with his condition at the moment. Uh, will anybody else that was not available Sunday be available uh, tonight, or, or is it just J.J. Miles at this point possibly? Well, we've still got some guys on protocol. J.J. was able to practice yesterday, so he had, um, you know, that's the first day he's been back. So we'll get him back, and uh, we've still got some other guys in protocol that hopefully their, you know, their their clocks are ticking. And it's just not the ten days that you're sitting out. There's a reacclimation period after the after the ten days, and you know that's one of the things I think Tristan is still struggling with. You know, we finally got him out of uh, you know the, the, the protocol, and he practiced one day, and then we got shot shut down for for five days, and you know so he'd been essentially lying around for you know fifteen or you know. 21 to the last 22 or 23 days. So it's going to take him some time to get back into it. And uh, I'm sure JJ's conditioning will be, we, you know, we'll, we'll struggle a little bit tonight, but it's another body to have out there. And he obviously he's proven, you know, some things that he can do also. Yeah. Uh, coach, how about uh, the uh, book on uh, UCF? The uh, lot of talent that's transferred in from other places. Uh, they've had a rough go of it here as of late. Uh, what can you tell us about the Golden Knights? Well, I think Johnny had mentioned, you know, they, they struggled. They had been shut down for a while, and they came back out and were trying to get their legs back underneath them. Uh, you know, I thought they played a good first half against SMU, and then SMU played really, really well the last 10 minutes or so in their last game. Uh, you know, Green is a really good player. Fuller's a really good player. Uh, the kid Perry, you know, was a, was a double-figure scorer, transfer from Louisville, uh, and, and very athletic, very long on the wings, you know, very uh, interchangeable parts. In case anybody's missed it, Coach, what have you – been up to during this period i mean you're working but what is the average i mean i, I was in a 10-day quarantine out of the holidays or 14-day quarantine out of the holidays because of the contact tracing and i mean it reached a point where i there, i, I kind of ran out of things to do <laughs> i mean i, I guess well, you never really do but i mean you just kind of once you kind of knock off your work and the honeydew list it gets a little frustrating well i mean it, it, it is frustrating and you know for me in, uh, after yesterday, I've missed 15 of the last 22 practices. Wow! So you can watch it on, you know, Zoom, and you you take your clips and you do your work. And um, you know, I try to usually do a lot, you know, our, our scouting stuff in the morning, and then uh, watch our practice in the afternoon. Talk, you know, we meet with our staff on Zoom, and then we talk about practice and recruiting. And uh, I do spend some time at night trying to, you know, run our players down and you know keep up with them, you know, because it's a weird da- uh, dynamic for them. In today's two weeks, I haven't been face to face with our team yeah. during the middle of the season. So th- those things, just now, you got to call them and check on them, and, um, and and you know, I do take some time to make sure I go walk the dogs, and I, you know, I've got a little weight room at the house, that we have a makeshift weight room, so do some stuff just to try to keep you know your mind off it, and um, you know, and then and then to tell you the truth, try to be as as normal as possible when yeah. you can. Yeah. Are you stroking jumpers out in the driveway like that video of you earlier in the quarantine? Because that was a pretty. No, I haven't been working on my game as much. I probably that should have been another thing. I probably should have put that on the list of things. Yeah, I got was, you. Yeah. Like I said, I was able to get through. You know, watch some things recruiting wise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I do have an office at my house, so I was able to do some stuff from there. And uh, you know, it's different even not having the interaction with your staff on a daily basis, person to person. So that you know, we, we zoom a couple times a day to go through practice, to go through recruiting, and. Uh, you know, making sure we're we're doing some things with our players. It's crazy, it really is. Um, Joe Dooley with us, Coach. Thanks for taking some time with us. The the good news is 
this was kind of, uh, you know, covered in that quarantine period. Uh, but Coach expected to be back tomorrow. He's feeling great, and uh, it's great to have uh, Coach on with us here on a game day a few minutes before. We won't make it a habit on game days because uh, I know you're normally, uh, you know, really, really focused. I guess you'll watch the game tonight. Uh, that's probably going to – that's got to be tough to do. I know you're on the phone a lot with the ESPN2 crew the other day uh, for a few minutes during the game, but uh, that, that has to be tough to be to be watching this from home, I have to imagine. Yeah, you sort of feel helpless. I mean, you know, you're you're not able to do some things and and you know uh, you know be around the players and you know you ask them to sacrifice and to be you know give them effort and then you're not there to help them. So it's it's frustrating. It, it it's part of it. I mean, it, the good thing is we're getting an opportunity. The kids are getting an opportunity to play. And uh, you know, are these ideal situations? No, but it's better than the alternative of yeah. not playing and these guys not being able to you know pursue their dreams. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll just try to try to do the best we can. Yeah, have so far. Uh, Coach, thank you. Really appreciate you doing this today, and uh, it's good to hear that uh, you're you're still feeling good, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully see you on uh, Saturday. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Patrick. Thank yeah. you. Yep, yeah. there he goes, Joe Dooley. Good to have uh, Coach Dooley on. Uh, well, that's good. I think that was the concern because he kind of said something. You know, he had a few things he had to get t- tested in, and, uh, you know, I think that led to maybe the expectation that, he might be on the trip because that was not really specified. Am I wrong about that, Ben? In the in the from the radio show the other night, I, I didn't think that there was. I thought there was still a possibility he would go. And when I heard Coach didn't make the trip, I really he said something about an oxygen test. Yeah, and all this that was that I never heard of. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to get into Coach's business at all, but uh, you know, I kind of heard that and I was a little little concerned. But Joe sounds great. Joe, Coach sounds great, and I'm glad he hopped on with us. That was really cool of him to do this. We don't have anything else to do right now because he's he's not in Orlando with the team. He made a makeshift gym in his house. Is he going to come back jacked? Are he we going to get a Jack Joe Dooley here? We might get a Jack Joe Dooley. That's why he can't get the shots up. He's got too much muscle uh, going. But you know, look, it's great that he's able to walk. It's great that he's able to get out. I mean, he really has had. Essentially, he's been asymptomatic. He's he's talked about it a couple of occasions. He's kind of had the stuff he knows or runny nose, but that could be just from walking his dog. You know, out in the cold. So. uh uh, glad coach is okay. Uh, ben Let's Bi- go. No, no, not that guy. Ben Byram across the way. Uh, as we say hello to him, Ben's been up since uh, four this morning. He went up. Hey, with, Ben. He's been up with the crew in uh, in Raleigh. They did their show on uh, WTIB for the legislature, and Ben was uh, part of the crew up there today. I, I saw you wearing a collared shirt. It was very impressive. It was very gotta, impressive. Got to dress my best. You were dressed a lot better than you are normally when you come in here. <laughs> uh, so I... For me, the news of the day, the thing that just blows my mind, and we're, we're going to have David Sawyer on in a few minutes. We got snow in the forecast, so we got we to gotta hustle here. We could get to some of these cuts uh, after we talk to Sawyer. But how about this Josh Heupel going to Tennessee? Raise your hand if you saw that coming. You don't have your hand raised because nobody saw that coming. That's amazing. And it makes sense because – Danny White, the guy that was the AD at UCF, took the job at Tennessee. Tennessee needed a coach. You go with what you know, I guess. The Heupel thing is interesting because his first year as the head coach was the year after the – now, look, Tennessee's got him a national champion coordinator. He was the coordinator on the national championship (laughs) team in 17. Right? Right? Yeah, that's a a good point. they've They've got a national champion coordinator. Uh, UCF was 12 and one in his first year and they had that long losing streak or excuse me, long winning streak snapped, uh, with the Fiesta bowl loss. Right. And then 
They come back the next year, and UCF goes 10-3, and three, which is not a bad – I mean, 10 wins, big deal in college football. Uh, they win the Gasparilla Bowl. So they finished second in the East in his second year as the head coach in 2019. Everybody's all excited about UCF football. I thought they looked really good against Georgia Tech. They looked really good because that was the game they played before they played ECU. And I thought their defense, which it did, had a ton of speed on defense. And then they come out and finish the year 6-4. and four, And they lose the Boca Raton Bowl, and they finish tied for third. So the trajectory is 12-1, and one, inheriting Scott Frost's roster. 10-3 and three the next year, so you lose two more, uh, win, win two less games. Lose two more games, however you want to phrase it. And then this year they 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 go six and three before the bowl loss. What do you see? What what's the trend there, Ben, in the wins? Downward. Right? Finishing third after winning the conference. I I, I don't know. Does it mean he's not a great recruiter? Because I mean he's only ever won so, with the previous coach's guys. So So I see where the recruiting, when the year you see, uh, the, the, and of course, you know, these recruiting ser- grades are what they are. You really have to see how the class plays out, to be quite honest with you. But UCF had the top recruiting classes in the American the year, that, that couple-year run that led to them. And look, you could swing a, a cat by the tail and hit speedy scoring talent in football in Central Florida. The I-4 quarter, which is what UCF has done, you can just recruit the I-4 quarter and have guys that can go. But uh, we're going to hear from of Josh Heupel's comments. Tennessee not happy. The Tennessee volunteer fan base, not real pleased right now. I don't mean any disrespect, but they're an SEC school. You would think there was better options out there. But I'm trying to think off the top of my head, who well, could who, that have been? Who would it have been? Yeah. Because, look, they got a long way to go to be competing with Georgia and Florida in the East. Don't you agree? let alone anybody else. Uh, I think David Sawyer's calling us now. We're going to take him now. Let's, we'll take him now. Let's take him now. We can go. We can get to the hypo stuff here. We can uh, We can get uh, Pod Sawyer in here. The coach, David Sawyer, about to join us. Do we have him, Ben? No? Okay. Let's grab a break, then we'll come back and get him. And uh, we'll uh, tell you what. We'll give him a call. That's what we'll do. We'll call him. Uh, we'll give him a call, and we'll uh, – is snow in the forecast. Ben, you were hearing about it this morning? Uh, I think I remember something about right. some snow from somebody. Could be happening here in Pitt County overnight. So we'll talk to David Sawyer about that coming up on the other side of this break. Uh, plus, hear from Josh Heupel on this uh, action-packed Patrick Johnson show, where Cy Seymour will also join us a little later in the show. Stay with us. Ripping up this forecast because we don't need to read it. We've got the real article, baby, the real deal. Welcome back in. Storm Team 9, meteorologist. I call him the coach. David Sawyer joining us uh, here. So we have a little snow in the forecast, right? We do. We do. Hello, Patrick. How are you, sir? Great Great to have you on. So this looks like this is really that kind of 64 corridor. Rocky Mount, uh, Tarboro, Martin County, over to Williamston. That area look so Greenville's right there on the cusp. It looks like now has that changed since, <laughs> since midday? Are we looking yeah, at a better chance? 
Absolutely. Really glad you uh, gave me a call, Patrick. Honored to be a part of your show always. And yes, I do have some updated information that I know your listeners will find, uh, I hope, uh, beneficial. That's always my goal is to provide information that uh, keeps everybody safe and fully aware. But yes, Storm Team 9, we're tracking. um, Here's the way I'd like to uh, phrase it, Patrick. It's a classic setup, Ooh. but not necessarily ideal conditions. Now, what in the world does that mean? Well, what it means is, as most Eastern North Carolinians fully know, if we've been here any amount of time, we know that we need what's called a coastal storm, a coastal low-pressure system to bring in the potential for snow in Eastern North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Patrick, that's going to happen. We're going to see a fairly strong low-pressure system forming off the coast of Cape Hatteras late tonight into Thursday, which gives us, quote-unquote, the classic setup. I know you being in eastern North Carolina, uh, your, your family, your you're born and bred. You, you, your roots are deep right here in eastern North yeah. Carolina, Patrick. You know what the term nor'easter means oh, yeah. as far as a storm system is concerned. Yeah. It brings in that strong north and northeast flow, which is how the moisture comes in off the Atlantic Ocean. The, the ingredient that makes the difference, as you know, Patrick, is the cold air. So that's what I mean by classic conditions. We do have that coastal storm forming, but... We don't have the fully ideal conditions to have a, you know, a snowmageddon type of result for our listening area in the 94.3 listening area. So what this is going to mean, as I think you've drawn a good line, I think the I-64, I mean, sorry, the U.S. 64 corridor, Mm -hmm. and I would say, Patrick, thanks for everybody tuning in today, I'm going to lower that uh, corridor line a little farther south now. I'm going to go really the 264, US 264 corridor. Snow lovers applauding you there. Yeah, let's talk talk about that now, Patrick. Yeah, so as you and I, we always enjoy talking to one another in this type of forum. So you give me location. I'll give you the latest forecast so all our listeners will be fully informed. So we'll go from there. I love this. Let's start right here. Farmville to Greenville to Bethel to Winterville. Gotcha. Northern Pitt County, uh, really going to be that uh, dividing line, I believe, in terms of that uh, higher amount of snow north of US-264, which cuts right through Farmville, Greenville, Winterville, on toward Washington. Mm -hmm. So the latest forecast information, Patrick, going with a changeover from rain to snow between, say, 3 and 4 a.m., late tonight, early tomorrow morning. Okay. And the latest forecast information saying between two and three inches Whoa. of snow accumulation for the Greenville area. So that is, Patrick, that is higher, as you're pointing out. That is a higher forecast amount than earlier today, as you were pointing out. Wow. Okay. Does that include Washington, or does this peter out before it gets to Washington and Martin it, County? It, and... it does. Okay. I, I, yes. I would say the closer to the coast we get, yes. So if if we had to actually, you know, say, delineate from... Farmville to Greenville, I'd say the Farmville area would be on the higher three-inch possibility mm-hmm. if I had to actually pinpoint a number. Mm-hmm. And that's what people want, want yeah. us to do. Right. It, it, you know, what, what, what's, what's our best forecast? What, it, what do we believe is going to happen? Uh, I'd say the, the, you know, the higher ends are going to be northwest Pitt County, Falkland, Fountain, uh, Farmville in terms of Pitt County. And then maybe for the Greenville area, Winterville area, say down toward Aden, uh, around two inches, maybe two to three, uh, and then as we look toward Washington, we'll go with a lower end, maybe a one and a half to two and a half, and then as we continue on down 264, uh, staying north of the Pamlico River, 
We reduce it to, say, maybe one to two inches as we look on toward Hyde County. So we get into Swan Quarter, right. or more out toward the inner banks. And then the outer banks, uh, if I could touch upon that for yeah. just a moment, Patrick, mm-hmm. this is going to be a strong nor'easter storm. We could have winds you know, on upward toward high tropical storm force. It's not a tropical storm. I want to be clear about right, that. Right. But it's going to have winds, yeah, winds greater than 40, 60 miles an hour on the outer banks. So ocean overwash and, and erosion going to be another factor for the OBX uh, on this storm system, Patrick. All right. What about uh, let's let's go to you know Snow Hill, Kinston, uh, Lagrange, Newburn, that that kind of area in the east. Yes, pretty much as you're pointing out along the uh, U.S. 70 corridor. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a little north of there, up toward Greene County communities, uh, from Snow Hill, uh, uh, you know, southward. Um, looking toward Maury, uh, northward toward Walstenburg. Walstenburg, northern portion of Greene County, will be more on that variety of upwards toward, say, closer to three inches. I'm thinking on mainly the grassy surfaces. And I also want to point out, and we can circle back to this, Patrick, mm-hmm. in a few minutes, or you know, as we finish up our visit, yeah. we can talk travel conditions. I'd love to touch upon that yeah, before I, I your timetable yeah, how yeah. you want to discuss yeah, it. But in terms of accumulation, let's keep that conversation going from, uh, uh, say, Goldsboro to Snow Hill to Kenston, still in the order of two to three inches. Wow. We get from Kenston, yeah, m- looking more Kenston down Highway 70 toward Trenton, say Trenton over toward Newburn. We're going to go, say, maybe one to two inches as we get closer to Pamlico County communities like Bayboro, and then, say, south of there. Uh, could I go ahead and go there just yeah. to give folks, you know, yeah. an idea from, from yeah. for the southern portion of, sure, of sure. the uh of the, of the viewing area, listening area, we're talking about maybe, you know, up to an inch or less than an inch for areas like Kenansville, Jacksonville, wow. Havelock, uh, and then trace amounts uh, right along the immediate coast, Emerald Isle, over towards, say, Moorhead City and the, uh, uh, the, you know, the Crystal Coast area. Amazing. This is great. All right. Uh, road conditions, because it's going to rain, so you really okay. can't get the brine down. What are we looking at as road conditions here? You know, Patrick, that is a great point. The fact that the rain's coming in first, uh, you know, obviously it's the uh, Department of Transportation's call. I respect all decision-making that they have to make in terms of budget as well as timing. But you're correct. The fact that it's going to rain first really washes any attempts for brine. I, again, I don't know what their ultimate decisions are going to be. Whatever they decide, I respect that. Mm-hmm. But I would say, yes, the roads are going to be wet first. Then the changeover happens after midnight. Again, that sweet spot, I'm thinking right now between 2 and 3 a.m. is when we'll start seeing that changeover from, say, a line of Wilson, Rocky Mount, Roanoke Rapids, and extending. It'll move. It'll migrate. That rain-snow transition will migrate from kind of a northwest to southeast type of trajectory. So it'll start up there around the I-95 corridor and then transition over in the areas that we've discussed. And then it's all out of here. I'd say by 10 a.m., the the final flurries are moving off the coast of the Carolinas, and uh, from that point, Patrick, it's then more or less, uh, you know, how the slush on the road. Yeah. But I would be remiss if I did not emphasize that tomorrow night, Thursday night, this is, you know, we're going to have slushy, wet roadways most likely. Uh, we're talking about, you know, a real problem with ice as the refreeze takes place tomorrow night. So with temperatures plummeting to the low to mid-20s Thursday night, uh, after this is all said and done, we're really going to have some tricky travel, I think, on Friday morning with bridges and overpasses with the refreeze that's likely to take yeah. place for tomorrow and, night. And rural after roads. All out of here. Yeah, and rural roads, too. There's two-lane roads. Rural right? roads, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So David Sawyer with us, Storm Team 9, uh, says that uh, 
Greenville could get two to three inches. So that's the big uh, headline uh, out of this. Wow. All the, right. The, the, yes, yes, sir. The latest, the latest forecast showing upward trends in terms of those uh, precipitation totals. Uh, forecast uh, right now, as you said, for the Greenville Pitt County area between two and three inches. Uh, we'll be in the forecast center. We'll continue to monitor, as you know, Patrick, and uh, really appreciate uh, you allowing Storm Team Nine to be a part of your program today. And of course, always a pleasure as you're a a long-time, lifetime friend of mine. <laughs> so I'm appreciative for the, the honor of being on your show, Patrick. Well, it was great to have you on. Thank you for doing this. Glad uh, you were flexible, too. Uh, we, uh, we'll we uh, we'll see what happens. Thank you very much, uh, David Sawyer, Storm Sounds good. Appreciate it. What do you think, Ben? You excited about this? You're snow guy. I'm not a snow guy. But, look, I don't have to I'm go out either. in it, so I'm, I'm glad. You know, I don't have to get out in the mess. So that's that's it. Uh, we got uh, – do we have enough time to squeeze in this Josh Heupel, his game plan for Tennessee? It's about 60 seconds. And uh, DJ Squirrelbot worked very hard to get us the audio, so I want to play it. Let's play that, then we'll go to Ben for the uh, update, and then Cy Seymour will join us. Uh, kind of bisected the uh, – or dissected the, uh, the the Heupel thing there. I just – to me, guy's probably a great offensive mind. They can score points. I don't think they can stop people. And I don't know if he can recruit at the level he's got to recruit at. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. But, I mean, you look at all these places that were once powers that aren't now. I mean, Nebraska comes to mind, ironically, where Scott Frost is. You know, Tennessee's got a great tradition. They're in the SEC, but can they do what they need to do to get caught up with Bama? You know? I don't know. Or uh, Never mind Alabama. Get up there with Florida and Georgia, which, you know, have fertile recruiting grounds. Uh, this is the game plan for Tennessee from uh, former UCF coach Josh Heupel. On the offensive side of the football, um, Danny mentioned some of the successes that we have had as a, as a, as a program at UCF and, and throughout my tenure. Uh, we're going to play with tempo here. We're going to be the aggressor. We're going to play with our skilled players out in space. We're going to give them an opportunity to, to push the football down the field. At the same time, if you really watch what we do, we're extremely balanced in our approach as far as running pass. We want to be physical. We want to dominate the line of scrimmage. Those are all things that are going to translate to, to what we're doing here in, in Knoxville. At the same time, that aggressive mentality that we have on the offensive side of the football is going to carry over to what we're doing on the defensive side of the football as well. We'll be multiple in all fronts, uh, three-man, four-man fronts. We're going to bring pressure. We want to create negative plays. Uh, I think in, in the game of college football, offensively, it's about creating big plays. Defensively, it's about creating ne- negative plays and getting people off schedule. You put those two things together, you got a chance uh, to have – have a really successful uh, game plan and ultimately uh, a season. I mean, I, whether he won the press conference, I can't say because we weren't there. We were just taking that, you know, audio from uh, uh, the video, and it's just a video of him standing at the uh, the podium. But I mean, this this just blew me away. All I, I can say is DJ Squirrelbot was very impressed. Well, for yeah. what that's worth, I, for what that's <laughs> worth, yeah. He so in DJ Squirrelbot's mind, he won the press conference. All right, I got you. I I just. And look, I'm not saying the guy's going to be a total bust there, but I mean, how many kind of young up and comers have come? I, this is Danny White going with the the devil he knows, and it, it it's hella gutsy on his part because I mean that's an important hire there, and at least he's you know it's a guy that he knows, a guy that he is he trusts. So we'll see, uh, but I, I I'm just I'm shocked. I. I I don't know if you could recruit there at the level you need to. Re- I mean, you've got to recruit at a huge level at Tennessee, huge level. Uh, this is Josh Heupel talking recruiting. 
I think one of the things that's extremely important to, to the lifeblood of any program, but to the lifeblood, lifeblood here at Tennessee is recruiting. And that's one of the great things here is that you have a national name, national logo that allows you to go coast to coast and go attract the biggest, the best, and the brightest. I mean, that's that again sounds great and everything, and, and that's he's not breaking any new ground there. But you got to go out and do it. You got to go out and get people that are willing to to go and, and play for your program, a program that has not been relevant in. 20, 25 years? Here's what's going to happen. They already got the head coach from UCF. They already got the AD. They're going to get Dylan Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I'll say this. If, you wanna, if you're an offensive player, you're going to put up some numbers. Because, I mean, they're, they're, look, they're not going to stop anybody. They didn't stop anybody at UCF the last two years. So, I mean, you're going you're gonna to put some points up and some uh, – some yards up. I mean, you're going to constantly be on the field for sure. Well, they're going to try to win games in the in the 40s, and they're going to try to put up 500 yards a game. They're gonna, I mean, if you're a quarterback, you're going to throw it 40, 45 times a game in Tennessee now, which is great. But you know, again, I I didn't think that defense. It was you know could you know Georgia Tech wasn't great. Pirates early on in the season certainly weren't great. Especially on offense, I didn't think ECU was that good. They were still kind of finding their way. Uh, and I, I just, I thought, man, what a speedy defense! That's the thing that's going to save them this year, is that their defense can't make enough plays. And then they just, they went sideways. It was not a good year. They always fade in the second, in the second half. Well, they have the last two years. I don't think there's any, any two ways about that. I'm looking at their results this year. I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, they started, they got up to number 11, and then Tulsa, remember, Tulsa ends up beating them down in Orlando. They did lose to Memphis by a point, and then they reeled off four in a row, which is kind of what they do. And they, they played Cincinnati tough. So, BYU hammered him, though, in the, the Boca Raton Bowl. You know, that's, the, he, he. You look at those losses and uh, some other. I mean, he's had some close losses when he was at UCF, but that's, I mean, again, it kind of seems like, and you can't expect to go twelve and zero every year at UCF. I mean, just you can't. Yeah, I I still don't really care for the hire. It's still a little. What's well, a little surprising? I, I, look, if, and here's the thing on the American now. I mean, the, the UCF fans on social media today are, are talking about, well, this is what a desirable job. Because of the talent, if the commitment stays. Now, they, like everyone else, is having, I'm sure, having financial issues. They have this huge budget for athletics, and I'm sure that that is pressed really, really tight right now. And, you know, long as the school is going to continue to support football, it's a great job for the. Because here's the thing if you're the AD, you get to hire the coach. You get to come in, and right away, you get to hire your own. UCF fans are saying that's an appealing situation. I guess it might be. All right, we got to get uh, going because we got to get Cy here in a few minutes. Uh, ben with an update right now on everything going on uh, in the world. Then Cy Seymour will join us. We talked to Joe Dooley live here a little earlier, uh, and Coach did not make the trip. Uh, here is Ben with a preview of tonight's ECU basketball game and more. Ben? Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barham here for your 94th of the game sports update. Breaking news out of Pirate Basketball as J.J. Miles is expected to return for tonight's game off the COVID reserve list as the Pirates look to bounce back against UCF on the road. 
ECU head coach Joe Dooley did not make the trip for the Pirates. Coach minutes ago on the Patrick Johnson Show talked about the return of J.J. Miles and the difficulty of getting players off the COVID list. Still got some guys on protocol. J.J. was able to practice yesterday, so he had, um, you know, that's the first day he's been back, so we'll get him back. And uh, we've still got some other guys on protocol that hopefully they're, you know, their, their clocks are ticking and it's just not the 10 days that you're sitting out. There's a reacclimation period after the after the 10 days. And, you know, that's one of the things I think Tristan is still struggling with. You know, we probably got him out of, uh, you know, the, the, the protocol and he practiced one day and then we got shot shut down for, for five days. And, you know, so he's been essentially lying around for, you know, 15 or, you know, 21 to the last 22 or 23 days. So it's going to take him some time to get back into it. And uh, I'm sure JJ's conditioning will be, we, you know, we'll, we'll struggle a little bit tonight, but it's another body to have out there, and he, obviously he's proven, you know, some things that he can do also. Tip-off for that game is scheduled for tonight at 745. You can hear coverage for that game right here on the flagship station, the ECU Pirates, 94 through the game, starting at 7. Elsewhere in college hoops, tipping off at 6, the 16th-ranked Florida State Seminoles. Host of Miami Hurricanes, Seminoles are favored in that game by 11 points at 7. 13th-ranked Ohio State takes on Penn State. Penn State Nittany Lions are the underdogs by 7.5 points. 17th-ranked Creighton battles Seton Hall. The Creighton Blue Jays are favored by 2 points. 20th-ranked Virginia travels to Notre Dame. The spread for that game is dead even. UNC Greensboro matches up against Mercer. The Greensboro Spartans are favored by 5. Western Carolina travels to VMI. The Catamounts are 1-point underdogs. At 8, we have a matchup between 2 and State foes. The NC State battles Wake Forest. The Wolfpack are the 7.5-point favorites. A non-second-ranked Baylor hosts Kansas State. The Bears are the 24-point favorites. Maryland matches up against 14th-ranked Wisconsin. The Terps are the 3.5-point underdogs. And wrapping up all the action, 25th-ranked Louisville battles Clemson. The Tigers are 1.5-point favorites. In some local high school hoops action, the 2-4 and four North Pitt Panthers host the winless Bettingfield Bruins. And 5-6 and six JP2 will have a tough task at hand as they take on 8-3 Greenfield. Moving on to college football, UCF head coach Josh, Josh Heupel accepts the gig elsewhere as he'll be joining Tennessee as their new head coach. This shouldn't come as much of a surprise as Tennessee AD Danny White previously hired Heupel at UCF. Meanwhile, Northwestern believes they have their coach of the decade as they sign head coach Pat Fitzgerald to a 10-year extension. An American Conference member SM hires FAU defensive coordinator Jim Leavitt as their new defensive coordinator. From the NFL, tight end Jason Witten has announced that he'll be signing a one-day contract and will be retiring with the Dallas Cowboys after 17 seasons. Former Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt is working on a deal to join the New York Jets coaching staff, and there are many reports that many different teams have already reached out about a potential trade for quarterback Matthew Stafford with an undisclosed AFC team making a very intriguing offer for Detroit. The teams involved and what the offers are have not been disclosed. Wrapping up for Major League Baseball, the Baseball Writers Association of America for the first time since 2013 could not enshrine anybody into the Hall of Fame. A player must receive at least 75% of the votes to be enshrined. The closest were Kurt Schilling with 71%, followed by Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens with 61%. Next year, it will be Kurt Schilling's final year to get enshrined. Schilling pulled a big boss move yesterday, though, stating that he would no longer participate and just to remove his name from the ballot altogether. For your 94th of the Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Barham. And Pirate Basketball tonight at airtime of 7 o'clock here on 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. East Carolina taking the trip to Central Florida. Boy, a lot happening uh, there with Josh Heupel taking the Tennessee job, Danny White uh, taking the AD's job last week. 
Uh, times are changing in Central Florida. Cy Seymour, 23rd year as the analyst on uh, Pirate Basketball on radio. You'll hear him here tonight uh, when they uh, take the air at 7. Cy, you don't have to rush to the pregame tonight. you got a 45-minute lead-in. You can kind of just uh, space your thoughts out a little bit later on tonight. I'm excited for you. You really, you, you really can. I mean, this all came about a schedule change and, and moving. you got the girls' game at, or the women's game at, at 5, and there's no way you're going to start at 7 on the same floor. So you're right, a lot of time to kill tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unique situation, too. Pirates uh, traveling with Kevin McNeil's uh, team down there, so that's – that's a good thing. Uh, they chartered down. I'm a little surprised I uh, we're not have not seen more of that uh, in this current climate. And it, it's I mean not just at ECU anywhere in the American. That makes sense yeah, to it's me. Almost, yeah, it, it makes sense to me too. I, anyone that's a non-power five school right now to save money, I would think it would be better to double up on charters with both teams and play both that day. I'm, I, that next day, it just seems like it's the well, right thing to do. And if you're the but, if you're the homeschool, you just got to turn the lights on once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah good point. Yeah, yeah. Good so, point. I mean, all the way around, it's a it's a money saving uh, deal. And look, I, I get there might be some women's matchups you want featured in prime time that might break off, and that's cool. But uh, you know, this is uh, this is a different world right now. I, I just. I think that would have been a good way to handle basketball. You know, I, I, we were talking yesterday to the great C.L. Brown uh, prior to the UNC win. And, uh, you know, I, I'm on my timeline yesterday before that segment, and I see my friends at Old Dominion and Jeff Jones, plus their women's program, have paused activities. You look around the country, and, I mean, we talk about this when we speak to you. Uh, it just Again, I, I'm having a hard time seeing how we get to the finish line here. I think more and more in a lot of cases, perhaps not the American, but in the ACC, the SEC has talked about this now for a couple weeks. I don't think you're going to have a full field in the conference tournament in any of those leagues. Yeah, Yeah, I'm with – the whole thing is is, it's really – it's the almighty dollar driving it, and and it's – you know, and so you do it. But the truth is this is a a year that – you learn some things. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Patrick. I'm not sure if you're non-power five and monies aren't available that the old doubleheader games and you charter aren't the right idea. I mean, that's something that you might do. Uh, but but the truth is, right now, this year, uh, all bets are off on how this thing's going to end. We're just uh, trying to – kind of beat around the bush here because I, I don't really know what to say after Sunday's performance. Um, I mean, it was that was one of the worst performances. Now, all, all credit to Memphis as they, are, yeah. as they are absolutely trajecting upwardly right now and, and peaking at a time for them to start peaking. Uh, but that was not a – look, not a full roster, had not played in a couple weeks and not practiced very much, looked like it. Uh, Pirates just did not look good on Sunday. Yeah, and, and – and- Again, it, it give credit to all the credit to Memphis. They came in guns a blazing, uh, and they are at top notch right now. Last night they beat SMU, uh, so now they're in second place uh, alone. and And I think they will continue to do that. I think the two best teams in the league are Houston and Memphis. I think then it, uh, SMU's up there, which I think can bump the door, but it's beginning to show a little bit. And you couldn't have come at a worse time to play them. I mean, you, you got guys out, your coach is out. Uh, Rock did a great job. It's not, it's not anybody's fault there. 
it's just a matter of you're playing one of the best teams in the American, which is a top-notch basketball league, and you're struggling. The things haven't worked out the way you wanted them to. And then the one that guy that can get in the paint for you and take those short jumpers over these guys is J.J. Miles. He's out. Tyree Jackson is also a physical guard that can play with those guys. He's out. And, and, and other members of the team, Miles James, who's played well. But the bottom line is, take nothing away. Memphis was tremendous that day, and ECU was flat after missing 15 days of, of regular practice. Yeah. Tough, uh, tough deal. Uh, of course, Houston right now sits atop the league standings. Uh, Sterling 13-1 and overall, 8-1 and in the league. They've won six in a row. Memphis, here they come, three straight. Uh, then you got Wichita starting to fade. I think we're going to see that trend perhaps continue. SMU is going to be, I think, bubbling right there, maybe Tulsa. But uh, I-, I could see three or more getting in out of the American this year. As far as uh, the Knights go, it's a hard team to figure out with UCF side. <laughs> they they beat Florida State, who I think is tremendous. Uh, they played Houston right around the holidays, really tough at home. And right. uh, yet you look at what they've done. They're they're not playing real well right now. They've dropped five in a row, one and five in the league, three and six for Johnny Dawkins' team overall. Uh, you know, this is, gosh, you, you hate to say this is a little bit of a make or break, but, you know, even with everything that's gone on the last month with ECU's program, I, I almost put this in, boy, you got to win this one tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Well, I think you know what I think. I think it's a it's a game for both teams. I think if you're Johnny Dawkins, you got to say, okay, early in the year we beat Auburn, and not you know it beat them pretty convincingly. Then we lose to Michigan. Then we beat Florida State at Florida State. So you're two and one starting the conference season, and then you've lost one, two, three, four, five out of six in the conference. It, it's got to be just mind blowing. Now I will say this in fairness to UCF. It was it was heavy on the top side. You've lost to Houston twice, which is a very good program. You've lost to SMU, so and then so you three of your losses are probably to the top two teams, but you still got Memphis twice coming up. So it's a big game for Johnny Dawkins down there, uh, and it's a big game for the Pirates. I think more so for the Pirates to play well. I, you know, I think they need a ball game where they come out play well, and then. You're right. When you get this late in the year, you need a win. But I would just like to see ECU on all cylinders tonight. And, and it's got to be done at some point for Joe Dooley's ball club. Yeah. Uh, Cy Seymour with us, 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, he and uh, the rest of the gang on the network will uh, take the airwave. 745 tip from Central Florida. ECU uh, taking on UCF. Knights, uh, according to one book I'm looking at, a touchdown favorite over the uh, Pirates in this one, despite the fact they've lost seven in a row. Pirates have had a, a hard time as a road team uh, just winning games, but also if you look at those uh, uh, sports gambling numbers, let's just say the Pirates uh, have not been really successful on the road as far as uh, Vegas goes. Cy, uh, to me, when you look at you know the one of the big assets – for ECU early in the season was the fact that this roster had returned so much, 11 guys back, and had right. had really looked well. I mean, they, they, they stayed connected. I mean, I think back to the Charlotte win on the road to open the season. They stayed connected on defense, didn't make any mistakes on offense that, that hurt them. And, uh, you know, I get the last few games, especially Sunday, they were playing a much better team than Charlotte, but, I mean, Road game is a is a tough 
anywhere you're on the road is a tough place to win. And I, I just look at if there's some way, and I, maybe it's lost, maybe it can't be recovered, but if there's some way to rediscover what they had way back in December, especially, you know, harken back to the road game at Charlotte, which I know was a long time ago, but if you could just somehow all just get, get back on that same page and, and revert back to some of that thinking and some of that play, I mean, in other words, I just think this whole month has taken a real asset that the Pirates had going for them totally away from them, and that was the fact that this was a group that was that was uh, pretty comfortable with one another. Well, I think, I think there's several things. Jody Jones gave a really good stat to me yesterday. The Pirates are 6-0 and if Garner scores more than 16 points a game this year. This year. We're and one that's and about four. what he's averaging, right? Yeah. Well, and we're 1-4. When he doesn't get to that, and in those games, his highest game has been 13. So, you know, James been struggling, and I've been struggling. And I'll tell you this too: make no bones. When you play Tulane at Tulane, and that's a that's a game that can go either way. And you don't have Tristan Newton. You know, Tristan had five rebounds the other day and ten points against a good good Memphis team, and and he's just coming back. And and I'm just thinking. What if you had him against Tulane? You're probably looking 12, 14 points, seven, eight rebounds, and you go home happy. That that's how close it can all be. Uh, and the year of COVID, I mean, he you know he, he got COVID on when he was home for Christmas break, and it's not wrong of Tristan. It's just where we are, and the margin of error for him is so tough, it's so difficult. That was a major loss. But also, when you look at the stat that I just said about Jaden. It's been a tough year for him, and I think COVID's got a lot to do with it. I just do. Uh, and not taking anything away from teams that we're playing. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are – look at Duke. It's been a struggle. I mean, everybody is struggling to a different degree. Uh, I think, it'd be, like you said about Central Florida, they've lost five in a row in the league. And then uh, I'm listening to an interview with Johnny Dawkins, and he said, you know, Danny White hired me. And that's a, that's a major loss to me. You see, there's so much going on on top of the COVID – and of course, Danny White goes to Tennessee as the AD, and now here's Dawkins without the guy that hired him and loves him and stuff like that. So that's in the back of your mind if, if you're a UCF fan or a UCF uh, basketball guy. So there are a lot of things going on that that are tough, but COVID has been a major, major uh, cog for a lot of teams, every team, and it just happened to hit East Carolina uh, during the conference schedule part. Yeah. But, Patrick, you said it right. Now, make no bones, when you look and reflect, getting wins over Charlotte and UNC Wilmington and James Madison, those are teams that we've never – I don't know if we've swept them in a long time. And those are, those are big wins, but then everything else goes the other way. On You just you know, you were still doing, sitting beautiful, but then you get back from Christmas and you're missing two or three players and your coach. It's, it's more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, si, what's the book on the Knights? A lot of talent there. I, I, I like the Knights. I, I, I don't think uh, when you look at it and uh, you look at their ball club, when you've got transfers in from Louisville yeah. and Oregon yeah. and VCU on your ball club, you, you're in good shape there. They're, they are really going to help you. But I think the, what has hurt them, and they know it, when you look at all the preseason stuff, Colin Smith was coming back, and he's a six eleven double double machine, and picked to be all conference. And he's and again he goes back. I'm not playing this year with COVID. I'm going to just try to go pro somewhere down the road. 
Colin Smith was a great player. When you, you we always talked about the big man, and and we talked about Dawkins, and we talked. But Colin Smith, I always said, was the one guy we could not handle. He could shoot the three outside. He could rebound it. He could do everything, and he was six eleven. And so that's a, that's probably been one of the big big keys for them losing. And and again, when you look up, their ball club is talented. I mean, uh, Perry from Louisville's there. Walker from uh, Oregon. Uh, Mahan is a good player. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've got players, but you lost a you lost probably an, uh, all all uh, an American uh, all conference guy in Collins. Yeah. Uh, Cy, what do the Pirates need to do tonight? I think I think you got you you got to go on all cylinders tonight. Uh, you got to you got to shoot it against their matchup. You got to you got to knock down some shots, and uh, that's going to be a key. And you got to hit the glass hard. You cannot get beat on transition. That's going to be a big part of it. And continue to play hard on the defensive end. Joe Dooley's ball clubs have played well, and what really kills you is they defensively they play really tough. So you got to have all guys step up, everybody, and and you got to knock down jumpers, get back in transition, limit your turnovers, and hit the glass hard. Cy, thanks a lot. Look forward to hearing you, uh, hearing more from you in about an hour or so. You got it, man. The great Cy Seymour. You'll hear him tonight along with uh, Jeff and David Horn. Uh, 7 o'clock, 7.45, the tip from uh, Orlando. Pirates 5-12 and 12 against the spread in their last 17 road games. 1-6 and six against the spread in their last 7 overall if uh, you're scoring that at home. And uh, the favorite, which tonight, again, UCF's the favorite by seven, the favorite four and one against the spread in the last five meetings between the two programs. Just some trends, entertainment purposes only. Good stuff, uh, and uh, good stuff today from Cy. Thanks to Coach, and thanks to uh, the weather forecaster himself, extraordinaire David Podge Sawyer for joining us. You ready for the snow? It's snowing. <laughs> Apparently in Altoona or whatever you were told this morning. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, I, whatever. Was in, in Allegheny County or whatever you were told earlier. Today. All right. Uh, hey, uh, Pirate Basketball tonight. Coverage begins in an hour, 7 o'clock. 7.45 will be the tip time from UCF. The Pirates, uh, boy, they need this one in a bad way. Uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow, 5 o'clock. Post-analysis. Coach Rockefort's post-game comments as uh, he is uh, the acting head coach again tonight. And we'll also have uh, Brian Mull to break down the game for us. And we have some other things to talk about with Brian. Basketball, golf. Should be fun. Get you some sleep, Ben. Oh, for sure. That that would not be a a problem. I didn't think so. All right. Everybody stay safe, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Patrick Johnson.